Hello world and welcome back to the Simple Sports Podcast and another NFL Sunday is in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are following my picks, you should be rolling, absolutely rolling in cash right now. We went eight and four just yesterday. We got two more games tonight. We'll talk about those a little bit later on. Eight and four yesterday. We'll go through the picks. We went, I believe, 10 and five the week before or 10 and four, something like that. I don't remember where we went last week. I have to go back and look. Uh, it was a decent week. It wasn't great. I think we were about 500, maybe a game or two above. Um, overall, though, on the year, hitting that well over 60% on our picks. Unbelievable year so far. And yesterday was just outstanding. Had a few bad losses, a um, few bad beats. The Ravens cost us. Probably should have won and covered the spread there, but they just couldn't hold on in the end. Um, they were really the only team that sort of let us down in that sense. Um, everyone else, I think the game went the way it was going to go. I think if you play that Ravens game 20 times over, um, they don't end up giving up that final touchdown. But regardless, eight and four, I'm not going to complain whatsoever. But like I said, if you're taking those picks, you are absolutely rolling the cash. Now, a lot of things to talk about today. The world is going crazy with... The Bucks and Packers, Aaron Rodgers had a awful night uh, or awful afternoon yesterday, I should say, against the Bucks. Didn't look good, celebrating early, rubbing it in, and then he proceeded to get trampled by the Bucks defense. And Dominican Sue was just tossing him around like a rag doll. I was there for every minute of it because I just hate the Packers uh, with all my soul. So I was loving it. And of course, we took the Bucks in and to cover the spread. Um, I actually said that they would win outright in in convincing fashion, which they did. Uh, but I'm not going to rub it in too much because I also said that the Browns would beat the Steelers. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong about that. Um, so let's talk about it. Uh, Browns versus Steelers. What did we see? Um, a couple of things to note here. Uh, first and foremost, the Steelers' front seven is hellacious. Uh, it is absolutely insane. Now, they did lose Devin Bush. Um, I don't know if there's been an official ruling on um, what exactly happened, but I'm pretty sure he's out for the season. That sucks. They just lost Ryan Shazier a few years ago, and there was a similar effect then. I don't remember if they had the number one defense, but they had an excellent defense with Ryan Chazier. And uh, I think this is going to do something similar. I don't know if it's going to derail them like it did back then. Um, but they're not going to be the same without Devin Bush. Nevertheless, I still think they, they're certainly a top three defense. I think after what the Bucks did yesterday, I think they clearly hold the number one title, especially with the loss of Devin Bush. Um, but make no mistake about it, that defense is legit. And they were all over Baker Mayfield, four sacks, uh, did not play well at all. And that was largely part or largely due to what the Steelers defense did to the Browns yesterday. Not pretty. Um, couldn't run the football, couldn't throw the football. Baker made a few just dumb throws. The pick that he threw, I think it was a pick six. Um, I know he threw the pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure who caught the other one. Both. Both were awful, awful, awful decisions. 
He had the double slant route. You got to read it right. He didn't. That's that's one of the easiest. I mean, that's a high school play. That's like one of the easiest plays. Now, listen, if he's being coached to do a certain thing, obviously I'm not privy to that. But based on the look, based on the play that they ran, based on the concepts that I know and I'm familiar with, um, not a good decision. And as you can see, it resulted in the house call by the Pittsburgh defense. And then the second pick he threw – uh, actually, to be honest, I don't remember in what order they came in. But regardless, the second pick, um, it was just a bad decision. I mean, okay, so you take an L at the line of scrimmage, you're scrambling, and you just heave it up to really no one, um, really just to Pittsburgh, and they come down with it. It's just that simple. Uh, it's a bad decision. Throw it out of bounds. You know, throw it into the dirt if you have to. But just tossing it up for grabs like that, that is just not good football. And he was benched, and rightfully so. Uh, now, Stefanski has come out and said that he will get to start next week. So no concern in his, in his starting job being lost, at least in the immediate future. But it is on the table. And we said this coming into the year. One of the things that we had to pay attention to was the Browns and their quarterback situation uh, with Baker because this regime didn't bring Baker in. Now, it's not all his fault. He's on his fourth head coach. Uh, second, is he on his second GM? I think they have their second GM. I'm, I'm not totally sure about that. But regardless, he's, he's dealt with a lot of turnover himself. And this team is not beholden to him. This regime is not beholden to him. This head coach is not beholden to him. And the way he's been playing so far this year, it hadn't gotten him in a lot of trouble. They were 4-1. and one. Um, the only game that they were not even in was obviously against the Ravens. Other than that, they won all their games pretty convincingly, uh, a little scary moments, but for the most part, you knew they were in clear control of the game. They got manhandled uh, yesterday by the Steelers. Baker did not look good, did not play well at all, couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball, and they couldn't stop the, the Steelers e either. So they've got some work to do. They've got some things to clean up. And listen... I'm not going to make excuses for Baker uh, with the injury. If he's injured, then don't play him. If he's if he's so hurt to the point where he's detrimental to the team, he shouldn't be playing. Uh, that's just, you know, that's fundamentals of any sport. I mean, if you got a guy that's hurt that can play through it and be productive, that's one thing. But if you're going to be hurt and you're going to cost your team with your injury and your play as a result, you shouldn't be playing. And so to me, regardless... Uh, regardless of whether or not he was hurt and how badly he's hurt, um, he's got to play better, a lot better, like significantly better. He has a similar problem, I think, to Lamar Jackson in that they bail from the pocket um, pretty early, and often they try to bounce it outside. The difference between the two is clearly, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a far superior runner of the football than Baker Mayfield. So Baker tends to get in a lot more trouble than Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson, he can bounce to the outside and hit his head on the goalpost. Baker Mayfield is lucky, lucky at times to even get back to the run of scrimmage, but they both have a similar problem in that um, they tend to bail on the play, bail on the pocket a little early. Instead of stepping up and through the pocket, they try to step out and around. And like I said, Lamar Jackson is far more equipped to do so than is Baker Mayfield. And I think you really are seeing the results of it. So Brown's got some work to do big time. I, I'm not, you know, all hell is breaking loose and the world is crashing. 
um, now that the Browns have lost and got beat in convincing fashion. Not totally off the bandwagon just yet, although I, I will say I do have one foot out the door. Um, but I'm not off yet only because um, everyone's entitled to a bad day, right? And, you know, again, with the Browns, with the Baker Mayfield, if he, is, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? How hurt is he? Did it affect his play? All that stuff is good. If we're going to give Aaron Rodgers a pass for yesterday and the way he played, if we're going to give, you know, Josh Allen a pass for the way he played, um, then we're, I'm, I got to give Baker a slight pass for the way he played. Although, again, I mean, I said it going into the game. I'll say it again afterwards. He's got to play much, much better. Now, a few other games took place yesterday. Texans versus Titans. This game, listen, I don't Maybe it's just me because this is the team that I truly love in the Titans. But I don't know what it's like to be a fan of another team. But, man, it is stressful on the heart to watch the Titans play. Because yesterday, they got off to a hot start. I believe it was 21-7, maybe 21-10 at some point. Uh, and I thought they were going to just put the game away on ice. And next thing I know, I look up and the Texans are leading. Ryan Tannehill throws a pick on an awful decision. Listen, the, the play is wide open, but the problem is he has 60% of the field for Khalif Raymond to work with. There is no one on the backside of that post. And instead of throwing it out into the open field, he th tries to throw up the field, leads him up the rail or up the hash. And it just, I mean, it's just overshot by far, far too much. And it drops right into the DB's hands. It's just a bad throw a bad decision put it out into the field let Raymond who is really really fast I mean he had the guy beat he had a step on him but the ball was so he had a step on him out to the field the DB was on top but if he throws that ball out to the field there's no chance he's going to get there uh, Raymond at, at the very minimum runs up under it and uh, best case scenario is either beating the guy or has a chance in the open field to make a miss and, and potentially score Instead, the Texans, after just scoring, come down and get another touchdown. Uh, and then the two-point conversion. Uh, so Rich Gannon was having a meltdown during the broadcast, um, rightfully so. But, you know, he kind of went overboard in his commentary. Listen, it was a mistake to go for two. Um, it was a mistake in hindsight. I truly... Truly, if you if you're talking about Deshaun Watson here, which we are, I have no issue putting the ball in his hands and saying go win the game. Because if they go up by nine there, the game's all but over. I mean, it's possible that the Titans could score and get the ball back on the onside kick, but they only got one timeout, about a minute twenty. You would have to score pretty fast in order to pull that off. And even still getting the onside kick is, you know, the chances there are slim to none. So I like the call, especially for a, a one and four team. I don't necessarily hate it. It's just if you go with that call, you have to be prepared to stop the other team if you don't get it. Um, and they didn't get it, and they couldn't stop the Titans all day long. Derrick Henry had a monster performance. Ryan Tannehill had an excellent all, all but that one interception that he threw. I thought he played as close to a perfect game as you could expect from a quarterback. Um, the interception was just a bad decision, bad throw. Uh, and as a result, they ended up going down. Now, they come down, 
Ryan Tannehill driving right down the field. And, you know, we get to the final touchdown to take him into overtime, the one to A.J. Brown, the controversial call. Here's the way I look at it. If they make the call incomplete on the field, it probably stays incomplete. If they make it uh, a touchdown, which they did, it stays a touchdown. Just there, there really was truly not a clear um, angle to show that he stepped out of bounds. Uh, if you play it in real time from the sideline view, it looks like he steps out of bounds. But it's so close when you slow it down that it's really, truly hard to say that his knee grazed inside because his knee is very much on the line. Obviously, you can see the divot in the grass. But you have to wonder, did his knee initially, as close as it may be, touchdown and bounds? The second piece of that is, which is part of the rules, and I actually didn't know this, um, but if, say, your knee and foot hit down at the same time, um, they are, it's considered in. Um, so if your knee is full on out of bounds, but your foot hits at the same time, they consider that all in. I, I, you know, it's all super confusing. The bottom line is, I think if they call that an incomplete pass on the field, I think it stays an incomplete pass. If they call it a touchdown as they did, I think it stays a touchdown only because there just wasn't enough to overturn it really either way. Um, so I get it for those that are upset. Um, I also get it for those that are not upset. I'm not upset, obviously, because I'm a Titan fan. But if they hadn't have, um, if they had called it incomplete, I probably would have been upset in the moment. But you know, once things settle down and you go back and you truly look at what what transpired, I, I really don't have a problem with it, and I don't think I would have had a problem with it ultimately if they had not called it a touchdown. So Texans fall to one and five. I was hoping for the Bengals to actually pull off the upset against the Colts. Sitting at four and two, we still have a sizable grip on the division. Still have the Colts to play twice, and we get the Texans and the Jaguars once more each. Uh, so I, I'm liking where they're sitting, five and zero for the first time since 2008. Uh, looking pretty good. And then finally, yesterday, um, the Bucks and the Packers. Uh, so I talked about this uh, in the last episode. And I, I made the prediction that the Bucks would win this game pretty handily, and they did. Um, and it was really about the defense. Tom Brady did exactly what he needed to do, no more, no less. And he did it flawlessly, so you got to give him credit for that. Didn't have an eye-popping stat line, but he made the throws and the plays that he needed to make. We saw the reemergence of the what felt like zombie uh, in Rob Gronkowski. He came back to life just in time with O.J. Howard out for the season. Not a lot of Mike Evans yesterday. I think he was more of a, a decoy and just kind of lifted coverage off of everyone else. But again, they didn't really need any of it because they had such a big lead. The pick six by Rodgers, the near pick six on the very next possession, which I mean, may as well have been a pick six because they scored pretty easily. Rojo toting the ball um, over 100 yards, I think, for the third or maybe fourth straight game this year. They look scary, and I, I've said it from the beginning, I think they're the best team in the NFC. People were freaking out because they lost to the Saints and they lost to the Bears. Guys, you have to you have to stop evaluating and gambling and making picks and fantasy drafts and daily. You got to stop doing all that stuff based off 
of emotion and how you feel and what players you like and don't like and what teams you like and don't like. Let me put this to you quite simply. One, football is a very complex sport. Not only is it one of the most physical in the world, but there is such a cat and mouse game happening between coaches to coaches, defense versus offense, special teams, etc. It is a very complex beast, okay? There's a lot that happens pre-snap, and there's things that happens post-snap. Um, there's a lot to take in. That's number one. Number two, Tom Brady played in one system for one organization, for one head coach, for mostly the same types of offensive coordinators, although he's had Josh McDaniels for the longest. Um you, you have Bill O'Brien and others who are similar in their approach. Um, and so you can call it one offensive coordinator, so to speak. The bottom line is he played in one system and not for a short amount of time, but for 20 years. Now he leaves that system, goes to a an undisciplined team, team that led the league in penalties last year, that was leading, leading the league in penalties this year before they had a zero penalty day, go figure. Um, so an undisciplined team, an aggressive coach in Bruce Arian in terms of play calling and going for the throat and scoring points versus a Bill Belichick who is more methodical, efficient, isn't trying to necessarily blow teams out, but is instead trying to navigate the best and most efficient path to a victory. Uh, so two different philosophies, two different systems, and most importantly, the personnel, okay? No weapons. We saw Cam Newton struggle yesterday trying to score points with Julian Edelman and Demir Bird and the likes, uh, and it just isn't enough. And most people didn't want to give credit, so to speak, to the lack of weapons that Brady had. They instead wanted to say Tom Brady's old and washed. He's old. He's not washed. Um, and it's important to have good players, guys. Um, you know, we saw it with the Lakers in the heat in the finals, like, yeah, the Lakers, or excuse me, the heat can be as tough and gritty and as much of a dog as you want to make them. Yet at the end of the day, they didn't have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, I love Jimmy Butler. I actually thought that that's who the Lakers should have signed, um, instead of trying to get Kawhi Leonard now. You know, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. My point is Tom Brady is in a new system with totally new personnel, totally new staff. And get this, no offseason or at least not a traditional offseason. Right. Um, so your your ability to soak up the system and learn the different terminologies and also build the physical chemistry that you need with his weapons, the offensive line, um, evaluating those guys, etc. Like he didn't have any of that. So for people to be in such an uproar about them losing to the Bears, losing to the Saints in week one and so on, like, guys, you just got to stop being haters, okay? You When you have the greatest quarterback of all time, whose best talent is arguably, as far as on the field, his best talent arguably is the fact that he is so situationally in tune with what's going on that he doesn't need to be a stat piling machine all he needs to do is navigate the ship and he is the best navigator in the history of football that is why he is often referred to as the greatest 
quarterback of all time. It is not because of his talent. It is not because even so much of his leadership and things like that. It's his ability to play the position of quarterback to make sure he puts his teams in the best positions to win. So I say all that to say this. They have the number one defense in football. They have some of the best weapons in football. They have a good, maybe not so great coach. They have an excellent defensive coordinator. All Tom Brady has ever had to do, and I said it in the beginning, I said it two weeks ago, I'll say it again. They're going to need Tom Brady to win four, maybe six games. Can he win those four to six? He lost one already. I think the Bears was one that they needed him to win, right? They just didn't have it. They needed Tom Brady to win, so he didn't win it. Opening day, it is what it is. Can he win four games this year in which the defense isn't going to play like they did last night, in which Chris Godwin may be out, or Scotty Miller may drop a few passes, or Gronk may not look quite the same? Can he win those games? That's really what it's going to boil down to. And they got... All the, the Packers got all they wanted yesterday from the Bucs. I think they're the best team in the NFC, even better than Seattle, only because you can say the Seattle Seahawks offense is better. It's not miles better than the Bucs, but that defense, is they're, they're night and day. One may be potentially the worst in football, and the other is the best. So that's my take on those three. Um, I do very briefly want to go through the picks um, that weren't those games. Um, so let's do that uh, right now. All right, so really quickly, we'll go through the picks for week six. Um, eight and four, like I said yesterday. Um, and then we will take a look at tonight's game. Two games, Bills, Chiefs, and the uh, – who else is playing? Jeez. Um, Cowboys and Cardinals. So we'll take a look at that really quick. Start with the Bears, plus one versus the Panthers at Carolina. We took the Bears here. Uh, I said it yesterday or in the last episode. I'm going to say it again. I say that a lot. But uh, the Bears, are they're just a better team. Um, you can say what you want about Nick Foles. Is he good? Is he not good? It didn't matter, okay? Sometimes you just have to look at how good are the teams. Are the Bears so much better than the Panthers on offense? Are the you know, is Nick Foles so much better than Teddy Bridgewater? No, maybe not. How are the coaches? Well, Nagy's not won anything. Um, he's obviously more proven than Matt Rule is uh, to this point, just simply based on longevity. But um, he hasn't won anything. So am I prepared to say he's a much better coach than Matt Rule? No, not really. So that those both of those things are kind of a push. But what I do know is as good – as the Panthers' defense has been playing this year, they are not the Bears' defense, okay? And so that makes the Bears a better football team, plain and simple. Plus one, they're going to win. It's easy. Uh, so I took the Bears plus one, no no reason to hesitate there. Lions at the Jags, we took the Lions minus three. Jaguars have turned into the Jaguars, and so I'm happy for that. Uh, one less team the Titans have to worry about in the AFC South, not that they ever had to worry about them, but... Um, Jags, you know, they're just not very good. If it weren't for Adam Gase and early in the year, Dan Quinn, Doug Marone would have people all over him as far as his job goes. He's fortunate that Quinn was even worse. I mean, he does have a win at least, so there's that. 
but Dan Quinn was worse. Adam Gase is just in incredibly bad. Um, I think he has something like 10 or 12 double-digit losses as the Jets coach. It, it, it's insane how bad he is. And Doug Marone is not too far behind him. So Lions minus three in Jacksonville. We'll take it. Uh, another one, Falcons plus four versus the Vikings. I I don't like betting on the Jets and the Falcons because neither team is very good. But the Vikings aren't very good either. And Kirk Cousins may not be long for the starter uh, for the Vikings after the performance that he put up yesterday, which was absolutely pathetic. Um, I mean, the Vikings overall yesterday were pathetic. Now, glad for Justin Jefferson. I have him on fantasy team. Overall, I just think he's a really good talent. Um, he had a solid day yesterday, all things considered, but uh, Falcons plus four. Matt Ryan finally woke up. The Walking Dead walks once more. Um, totally fine. Big money here. Falcons plus four versus the Vikings. Uh, Titans minus three and a half versus the Texans. We actually got pretty lucky here. Titans probably cover this if they play that game another time. Uh, they missed the field goal and missed the extra point. That would have only put them down. Um, what would that have put them down? Three at the end of the game. So if they get a touchdown there, kick a field goal, they cover anyway. Um, if those things go the way that they were supposed to go. If Matt Ryan or Matt Ryan. If Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw the pick towards the end, uh, they probably go down and score there. They end up covering anyway. So I think they would have covered the, the overtime pretty much guaranteed that they were going to cover because once they got the coin toss, uh, I think everyone in America knew that the Titans were going to score. Now, the one thing that concerns me with the Titans, this defense is not good. And I, I made this case, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago about the Titans because at that time there was Mariota and they had what I thought was a top three to five defense in football. I mean, they were really good for a stretch there. They were really good. And now Jarrell Casey's gone and Logan Ryan's gone and, and a few other guys are hurt. And Dory Jackson has not played this year. Or I think he, he might've played week one, but he hasn't played since. Uh, DMP is a defensive coordinator gone. So, I said this two, three, four years ago that what sucks about watching some teams is that they they don't come together at the right time. I thought this about, let's see, there were I'm trying to think of the team that I was thinking. Oh, Jacksonville. So Jacksonville, um, 2017, I believe that was, the year they went to the AFC Championship game. Maybe it was 2018. Uh, I think it was 2017. So the, the Jaguars that year, they didn't have the right quarterback. They had everything else. They had a good running game. They had decent receivers. They weren't great, but they were pretty good, good enough. And they had an excellent defense. But they didn't have the right quarterback. And for that matter, the right coach. And I think the Titans have, now I don't think they've missed their window necessarily, but I think the Achilles heel for this team is clearly going to be the defense and the fact that they give up so many big plays and they almost always involve Malcolm Butler in some fashion. Um, yesterday, for whatever reason, his eyes are in the backfield. He never carries up the rail with the receiver. I think it was Fuller on the long pass towards the end of the game. 
they had played okay for for the most part. Um, they had allowed, allowed a few points, couldn't get off the field on third down in some cases, but all in all had played an okay game defensively, but they couldn't get off the field. And then Malcolm Butler does the unthinkable or really the thinkable when you think about his, his tenure with the Titans, giving up big plays. But there were guys running scot-free for the Texans all day long. And what I don't, what I hope doesn't happen is now that the offense has finally caught up, Derrick Henry is going out of his mind. Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind. A.J. Brown, Humphreys, Ferkser, Jonu Smith, they'll get Corey Davis back at some point. The offense has finally caught up. It's one of the most explosive offenses in the league. And now defensively, they can't stop a nosebleed. And so when I'm looking at teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs and, you know, those teams can score a lot of points as well, but they have significantly better defenses than do the Titans um, in the Chiefs and the Ravens. And so Steelers even, I mean, Steelers have potentially the best defense in football. Their offense isn't the best, but it's top 12, top 10, maybe. I have to kind of look through that. The Titans defense is bad. I mean, it's bad. Um, their run defense is okay. They didn't let David Johnson do too much, although he really hasn't done too much all year. But their pass defense, it, it needs some work. Now, who knows if and when they'll get Adoree Jackson back. Who knows if they go out and make a few moves, which I would love for them to go out and try to get a corner or uh, another pass rusher at least. Um, Clowney has been... I don't want to say a disappointment, but not all that he's cracked up to be. Um, the pressures are great. You got to get a sack at some point. Now, Deshaun Watson is obviously hard to get to the ground. He had some pressures on him yesterday. I think he had a half sack, him and Landry or him and Simmons um, shared one. They either got to get a cover corner or they got to get a pass rusher, um, probably interior. But, I mean, I, I like Harold Landry. I like Jeffrey Simmons, and I like – Daquan Jones, I like Clowney. I like the whole defensive line, but they're not getting pressure. Maybe it's because of the coverage. They, you know, they need an extra second in coverage to hold up. Um, because, like I said, guys are running open all over the place. Um, but we'll take the cover, minus three and a half. I just needed to vent about the Titans defense. Uh, Giants, minus three versus Washington. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say here. I mean, Neither team is really that good. Um, in fact, neither team is very good at all. The Giants defense better than I think most anticipated. Washington defense, pretty good. Um, you know, minus three for the Giants. It just wasn't a very good game. Uh, Browns, the Steelers, we talked about. Uh, did not get the win here on the pick. We took the Browns. Bad move. Um, Ravens, minus nine and a half versus the Eagles. I said it before. I'll keep saying it. I know it's not the most popular thing to say, but Lamar Jackson concerns me, man. He's not getting better throwing the football. He's just not. He's still bailing from the pocket a little early. I still don't feel he missed one throw yesterday. Now, it didn't look like it would tip, was tipped. Maybe the ball just slipped out of his hands, which happens occasionally. No, you know, no harm, no foul there. It, that's just one of those things. Sometimes it's just terrible luck. Um, but he is not, he does not look like he's improving in the pass game. Now, he can run the ball like no one's business. Uh, but when you're playing the Eagles, you know, 
there's there's not a whole lot to be gained there. You're playing a team like I would I'm very anxious to see them play Pittsburgh. I cannot wait for that matchup. Um but minus nine and a half versus the Eagles. Did not get the cover here. Wentz struggled early, uh rebounded late, but it was just far too late. We saw a lot of Jalen Hurts yesterday. So much so that I had taken my eyes, because obviously all these games are going on at the same time. I had taken my eyes off this game for, I don't know, four or five plays, because something was happening in another game. And I look back, and I see Jalen Hurts in there. Now, this is early in the game. And to that point, Wentz was not playing well. And Hurts was in for so long um, that I wasn't sure if Wentz had actually gotten benched or not, or if he was just out, maybe was banged up, or, you know, whatever the case. I... He looked good. I mean, he can run it. They didn't throw it, you know. No, so who's to say really what he looks like? But for what we saw, I liked. Uh, very shifty, uh, which you know that's one of his traits that we knew about. Didn't get to see him throw the football, and that's fine. Um, but like, I, my point is, I just thought Wentz was hurt, or maybe they thought he was playing so bad that they benched him because, like I said, I looked away for a minute, came back, and Hurts had ran. I don't know three or four plays. We've seen him come in before, but he's, you know, like they did with Lamar Jackson his first year. He's in a play, maybe two plays, and he's out. And that's that's just the way it went. Hertz was in, I think, for a full drive or at least most of a drive. Um, so we'll see how that's, that's going to be interesting to look at going forward. But as far as the picks go, uh, we took Ravens minus nine and a half, no cover there. Uh, one of my favorite bets, they've been one of my favorite teams all year, especially against the spread. I believe they are five either five and one, no, four and one, because this, no, five and one, yeah, because they play every week. Um, the only one that they didn't cover was obviously against the Ravens. Um, Bengals plus eight at the Colts. I actually thought they were going to win this game. The way it was progressing, I was hoping that they were going to win it. They were smoking the Colts early on, uh, but the Colts bounced back and get the win. Unfortunate that they couldn't take an L there for the AFC South race. Um, but I, man, I love, love, love watching Joe Burrow. The dude is a baller. Um, Bengals have some talent offensively. They have some talent on both sides of the ball, but they need a few a few more things to break their way in terms of talent. And then they just need Joe Burrow to get as many scars as he can this year. And I think within the next year, maybe two, depending on what happens, what transpires between free agency and the draft, who they can pick up, what things can they reassure around Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals are going to be pretty darn good. Uh, Bucks plus one versus the Packers. We spent a lot of time talking about this at the top. Um, again, Tom Brady didn't play, you know, his best games in terms of stats, but he did everything that he needed to do, especially in the second quarter. And the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, basically got manhandled all day long, and I'm I'm here for all of it. Uh, Rams minus three at the 49ers. This is another one that we missed on. Uh, you know. Rams just got, they just got blown up by a desperate team. I think I wouldn't panic if I'm a Rams fan or someone that backs the Rams in terms of being a really good football team. I still think that's the case. But when you run up into a desperate, talented football team, let's not forget that the 49ers are dealing with a ton of injuries. Uh, and so you got a bad, or excuse me, a, ba a, a banged up team coming off of an absolutely embarrassing loss to a team that they think that they're better than than the Dolphins. Um, it was This was written all over the wall. I should have seen it coming, but we did, and we took the Rams, took an L there. Now, tonight, 
I want to reiterate the points I made in the last episode on Bills, Chiefs, and Cowboys, Cardinals. So, Bills, Chiefs, we got the Chiefs minus four and a half to cover um, at the Bills. Bills got punched in the face last week by the Titans coming off of two weeks with virtually no practice, and they got absolutely steamrolled. Now they get to face Patrick Mahomes after they also got punched right in the face um, last week. Uh, I think the skid continues for the Bills. Uh, I just think the Chiefs are too good, too prideful. Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're not going to come out and let that happen again. I think the Chiefs win pretty convincingly tonight in Fox Super Sport or Super Bet, Super Six, whatever it's called. I have the Chiefs winning by 10 to 14 points. And to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more than that. Because like I said, I think the Bills are going to get rolled tonight um, by the Chiefs. And then the Cowboys plus one versus Cardinals for whatever reason, people don't want to admit that Dak Prescott is he's just okay. And Andy Dalton is okay. They're both just okay. I think aside from the running element that Dak Prescott brings, I think they're pretty much the same guy. Now, and I said this in the last episode as well, but what you can't do when the Cowboys start winning games, and they will, is blaming on the weapons, saying, oh, the we I shouldn't say blaming it on the weapons, but crediting the weapons. You know, oh, Andy Dalton's only winning because they're loaded offensively. And so now you don't want to talk about Dak Prescott struggling with this same team. I don't want to hear about the defense and how good that they're going to play, which I'm not so sure about that. But if they do, in fact, get a few wins, they're obviously going to have to play better. And so I don't want to hear about the defense playing better because they put the, the ball in Dak's hands. And these are the same guys, and we see what the record is, one and four, or two, and did they win two? No, they're one and four, right? No, they won. Yeah, two and three. Um, And I also don't want to hear if they give the ball to Zeke more, because, again, they put the ball in Dak's hands. That's what everyone wants to see, fireworks, right? Dak threw for 5,000 yards. This year, he's on pace to throw for 6,000 yards and all these touchdowns, and, yeah, they were one and four still. Two and three, two and four, whatever their record is, I don't know. I know they, I know they're not very good. Let me put it that way. Andy Dalton is going to get them a win tonight against the Cardinals. I have abandoned the Cardinals. They were a team that I was in on to start the year. I have totally abandoned them. Not as good as I thought, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I like Kyler. I love DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. I think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is a decent coach, but. Uh, not been impressed so far this year. So that's what we got for the picks. Picks in, picks reviewed. Again, eight and four have the potential to go eight and six or ten and four, depending on what happens tonight. Regardless, that is a good hit rate. I will take it. Now, it is Monday. We didn't have showdown for DraftKings last week, but we do tonight. So I want to talk about it. All right, so DraftKings showdown tonight. We got two games, two goodies. So I wanted to do a little bit more broad of a picture here because you can also play like a standard daily fantasy league. It's just going to be with four teams instead of, you know, six, eight, 10, 12, 14 teams that you get to choose your players from. Tonight's only four. So it's a little bit more difficult to fit all the right players you need under budget as well as get the right value. But let's talk about it. We will talk about captains briefly. Um, I just want to talk about the Bills Chiefs captain's pick mainly. Um, so Zeke is the obvious choice, right? He's going to get the volume and the carries. Um, 
at least that's what everyone thinks. Um, I actually like Andy Dalton here. If you're going with the Cowboys for captain, I like Andy Dalton because I've said it. I I think Andy Dalton is just as good as Dak Prescott minus the running element, which is you know totally fine. Uh, they don't they don't run Dak as enough anyway um, when Dak was in there. So I don't think there's that much of an issue. He does extend plays a little bit more than Andy Dalton is, but Dalton can extend plays a little bit. Um, I think Andy Dalton is going to put up similar numbers to what Dak Prescott has been doing. Not, not maybe not four or five hundred yards, but can he get the three hundred with these weapons? Absolutely. Can he throw three touchdowns? Maybe even four with those weapons? Absolutely. And so, I like Andy Dalton as a captain's pick. Um, but if you go with Zeke, I wouldn't be mad. And then, of course, um, Kyle Murray also as a captain's pick is a no-brainer. Um, so those would be the three that I would choose from for captain. Um, but I, for my money, I would lean towards uh, Andy Dalton for just for this contest. Um, two guys I would avoid, or at least I would avoid this stack, not necessarily avoid the both of them. It's more so about Stephon Diggs. Yes, he's been a great addition for the Bills and a great um, addition for Josh Allen. Um, but I actually like Cole Beasley tonight. Um, I, I would avoid a Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen stack. I would instead go for Cole Beasley, who's going to see a lot more action and a lot more volume with John Brown out. And I think Singletary is going to run the ball a lot more effectively against the Cowboys than he has against other teams. And I think that is going to ultimately limit Stefan Diggs, um, against this this Chiefs team who, again, coming off of uh, an embarrassing loss, you, you just don't want to tempt the beast. And I think if you're expecting Josh Allen to hook up with Stephon Diggs tonight on a, a lot of occasions and rack up some, some great production for you, I just don't think you're going to find that. Uh, so I would avoid the Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen stack. Now, a must-play. DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake. So I say Kenyon, DeAndre Hopkins is obvious, right? Uh, this is against the Cowboys. So, you know, even if they double him, you got Xavier Woods, Trevon Diggs, who is a pretty good corner, but he's still a rookie. And D-Hop is a bona fide superstar. So I like that matchup for Hopkins there. And then Kenyon Drake is a little bit cheaper than his backup, Chase Edmonds who I think is a little bit better than Drake, at least for fantasy purposes. But the problem is he's he's a little bit more expensive. And so for what production and the amount of volume that you're going to get from Kenyon Drake at a cheaper price, um, still with the upside to have a good game, uh, even though it's more likely that Edmonds has a, a very good game, it's, it's hard to pass up on that amount of volume and attention that Drake is going to get versus Edmonds, especially when Edmond comes in at a, a little bit of a higher price tag. So I like Drake and DeAndre Hopkins as your have-to-haves on your team. And then a few value guys for either showdown or for just a standard league. Um, Demarcus Robinson and the Bills Chiefs showdown, I really, really love. Um, for a similar reason, Hardman's, Hardman's price is far far more expensive than Demarcus Robinson. It has crept up with the absence of Sammy Watkins. 
Um, so that makes sense in that regard. And the thing, here's what you have to balance between Robinson and Hardman for tonight. So Hardman certainly has more big play potential, right? Hardman is, you know, at, I don't know if he's as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he may as well be. I mean, he's blazing fast. And so for Hardman, he's more likely to have two or three um, receptions, maybe like 60, 70 yards with the potential to have a big, you know, 60-yard bomb for a touchdown that he gets just because he's so fast. But that's a big boom or bust. I think for Robinson, with Watkins out, he's more apt to get four to six receptions with 70 yards and potentially a touchdown just due to the sheer amount of volume. He's not going to get as much attention on the goal line, red zone instances. Um, neither is Hardman. That's all going to go to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But I think Robinson has proven in the past to be a lot more reliable in the, you know, in in just in general pass catching, um, I should say. Not that he's more reliable than Hardman, but again, I think Hardman is just a miniature version of Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is, he's not a possession receiver. He, you know, he can get open, get to the sticks, et cetera, et cetera. But he is your big, I mean, he's your big play guy. And I think having a second big play guy, he's just, you know, he's not going to get the volume that I think Robinson has the potential for uh, as a much more reliable um, receiver in that regard. So, that's your value play. Uh, for less than half the price, Robinson, I think, is the answer to that. And that's it for the DraftKings um, for tonight. Go out and make some money. Make some money. You should have made some money yesterday if you were listening to the podcast and you looked up picks. Again, we went 8-4. We are killing it this year, hitting it over 60%. Um, so join us. Make some money. Until next time, Saturday. It has been your boy Capo, the Super Sports Podcast. I will see you all. Peace.